And now, The Word with Father Tony Percy. This week, Mark's prologue. So the second Sunday of Advent, and again, it's the Gospel of Mark. Amazingly, to me at least, and I'm sure to a few people, that there really wasn't a significant commentary on Mark until the early Middle Ages, written by Bede the Venerable, we think. And uh, most of the ancient commentators preferred to look at Matthew and Luke and John because of their theological structure, perhaps. But of recent times, uh, there's been a lot of commentaries on Mark. The, the favourite one that I, that I like to refer people to is the one by Mary Healy, a fabulous uh, believing woman in the United States. It's a great commentary. She looks at the history and the language and the, the culture and brings it all together in a wonderfully uh, spiritually forming way so that the encounter you have with Christ is, is really quite substantial. I, I've benefited, benefited, I should say, enormously from her commentary, no doubt about it. So Mary, uh, Mary Healy, the Gospel of Mark. Today we are presented with the, uh, the prologue and it's just only eight verses, the typical of Mark. It's the shortest gospel, shortest prologue. All of the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, have prologues. In this prologue, consistent with John's prologue, we have the word beginning. So Mark says the beginning of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And in John, his prologue, he says in the beginning. So this is reminiscent, of course, of the book of Genesis, where we have in the beginning, there was darkness and emptiness and chaos. And then God speaks a word and out of the darkness comes light or light begins to emerge and then plentitude out of the emptiness, and then order out of the chaos. And so what Mark is saying here is, look, yes, we had that beginning, but here's a new beginning, and this has got even more power, more grace, more beauty with it. So expect something to be happening here as you let these uh, these teachings, let the gospel uh, enter you through hearing and reading, mostly through hearing, because the gospel is proclaimed and that's the way it normally works. But nevertheless, you'll get it through reading as well. That's what we have this weekend is Mark, the, the, the prologue of Mark, uh, verses 1 through to 8. What he does in the middle of the prologue is to say, well, John the Baptist emerges and he says, look, I've come with a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin, which is is, is important enough. A good confession during Advent is a great thing for us to do. Then he says, but there's, as he finishes the prologue, there's one more powerful than me. He's coming and he's going to baptize in the Holy Spirit. He uses that phrase, as does John, the apostle, in the Holy Spirit, whereas Matthew and Luke like to talk about baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire. This is a A wonderful point that Mark is making to us. He's setting us up to receive the encounter with Christ, the powerful encounter with Christ. It's sort of like a little bouncing board in his gospel or a little cue to say what's about to happen. So yes, here comes the power in and through the teaching of Christ, his new teaching. It's got authority behind it. The healings of Christ. Mark highlights the the powerful nature of the healings. Then the forgiveness of sin. This is the most powerful thing that Christ has come with, the forgiveness of our sins, the healing of our sins. And then most importantly for Mark, he sets us up to get ready for these four exorcisms, which are so powerful in his gospel. You'll find them in uh, chapters 1 and 3 and 5 and then 9. The 1 in 5 is the most potent, I think, although the 1 in 9 is also very potent because it talks about 
that the apostles not being able to perform the exorcism because of their lack of faith. The one in five is incredible. Just go and read it and use all your senses to imagine how this rolled out. It's a most powerful miracle and must have had a, a major impact on the people. And I think that's why Mark gives it 20 verses in chapter five to help you encounter this great mystery of Jesus exercising the demon. This is a big theme for Mark. The power of Christ has come to move the devil out of his, out of the world and to secure uh, the kingdom of God for people. It's most powerful indeed. I'll just finish on this. This idea of the exorcism of the evil one uh, found its way into the baptismal liturgy. So important was it to the early Christians. And it's, uh, it's done just before a child or an adult is baptized. It's most important talking about conquering the spirit of evil, the devil, and then bringing us, taking us out of the kingdom of darkness and bringing us into the wonderful kingdom of light. I think that what's happening with the decline of baptism in uh, the Western world, we're now starting to see more and more manifestations of the evil one. And one of the reasons I'm sure is for this is because that prayer, that exorcism prayer is not being prayed over people, not being given to people, not being received by people, because it gives them great security in their life from uh, the evil one. Have a great Advent and I'll see you next week.